Happy New Year. I was thinking this last week as we were going to be worshiping together on the first Sunday of the new year. Uh, a year ago, first Sunday of 2016, uh, Ian, our youth minister, was coming and joining us here on staff. So he is celebrating today his first year anniversary with us. I think we made a good choice for a youth minister, don't you? I don't, I don't think Ian's here in the service. I've not spotted him. He's usually in the second service. But uh, if you see him today, say, hey, we have enjoyed you this, this first year. And Bethany, too, he made a good choice in uh, choosing Bethany, and she chose him. And we are all the better uh, by having them on our staff with us. I think 2017 is going to be a very good year for our church. Uh, over the months past, there has been a group of people who have been meeting uh, on a pretty regular basis, and they have been trying to come up with a vision statement for our church. These folks have included uh, uh, several young couples in our church. Uh, the staff has been involved in this group. We've had a representative from the elder board and the deacon board on this group. It's been a good mix of people. It's had some, some women. It's had some men on this group. And uh, together we have been brainstorming and we have been praying and we have been seeking God's wisdom and direction. And a vision statement has been come up with by this group that I want to present to you uh, this morning, and it is as follows. Hopefully we have it on the screen, and you can have it in your bulletin as well. There it is. Empowering each other to relentlessly pursue the unchurched so that they can become contagious followers of Jesus. I would like for you to read that with me, would you please? Empowering each other to relentlessly pursue the unchurched so that they become contagious followers of Jesus. I'd like to give you just a moment of silence, and I'd like for you to be reading that a couple of times through in your mind and, and letting that sink in to what it means to you. And would you, as, as you read that a couple of times and you're thinking about it, then I would like for you to bow your head and pray that God can help you to grab hold of this vision statement and that our church together can grab hold of this vision statement. And would you pray that God would use me to communicate clearly to you this morning? Just a few moments of silence here. Actually, for the next five Sundays, including today, we're going to be looking at this vision statement, trying to understand exactly what it means. I think you will find that this vision statement is based on the principles 
of God's Word. And that's very important for us. If we're going to cast a vision statement for our church in 2017, it certainly needs to be based on the truth of God's Word. Certainly, the Lord wants us to pursue the unchurched. And He wants those folks that we reach for Him to become contagious followers of Jesus. He wants all of us to become contagious followers of Jesus. It would be very hard for us to convince someone else to become a contagious follower of Jesus if we ourselves are not a contagious follower of Jesus. The Lord does not want casual followers of His Son. Now let that sink in for just a moment. The Lord does not want casual followers of His Son. He does not want lukewarm followers of His Son. He does not want occasional followers of His Son, Jesus. What He wants is contagious, dedicated, wholly devoted, committed followers of Jesus. He wants us to be hot for Him. You think about that scripture in Revelation where it says, Jesus is saying, I don't want you to be cold. I don't want you to be lukewarm. I want you to be hot. And that's what He wants from each and every one of us. We are not going to reach the world for Jesus by just being a casual follower of His Son. Uh, And bringing it closer to home, we are not going to reach our community for Jesus if we're just casual followers of Him. You will not reach your family members or your friends if you are just a casual follower of Jesus. You instead will have a better chance of reaching people for Jesus if you are a holy, devoted, and contagious follower of Jesus. And so, the month of January, I am going to break down this vision statement for you and help you understand it better. And I would hope that you would decide to to jump in head first and feet first. And and I want to be a part of this. That's what we're hoping for. Our staff is all in in this vision statement. Our elders and deacons are all in with this vision statement. The committee that has been working together to come up with this statement. We are all in together in this statement. And, and, and I would hope that you would join us in that. And I'm confident that you will because it's based on Scripture. Particularly, it is based on the Great Commission of Jesus. Now, once we finish the month of January, then in the months to come, we're going to examine very closely what a contagious Christian looks like. And hopefully, uh, we all can be trying to grow our lives to become a contagious follower of Jesus. And certainly, that is not going to be by our own effort, that we become that kind of follower of Him. Rather, it will be by His help and by His wonderful, amazing grace. We cannot attain to any standard of holiness on our own. The reason being, we are all sinners. 
Romans chapter 3 says that not even one of us is good. But He is good. And He can make us good by His amazing grace. That's what 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says. He made Him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. So the truth is, He makes us righteous. His grace covers our disgrace. I said that to someone just recently whose life has been uh, just pretty, pretty dark and, and, and burdensome. And I said to this person, God's grace covers your disgrace. And that's true for every single one of us. We are so blessed because of God's grace. His grace is lavished upon us. We are undeserving of that. But when we get a glimpse of His grace, when we get a glimpse of His great love for us, then it should motivate us to try and please Him with our life. We want to try and become that contagious Christian that He wants us to be. So yes, there has to be effort on our part. We trust in His grace and we relish His grace and we are thankful for His grace. But His grace motivates us to give our very best in growing in Christ-likeness. There, there has to be effort on our part. And Dusty mentioned to you, one of the things that we are hoping that you will get involved in is this Bible reading program. And I tell you, he really wiped me out this morning because he said he read uh, today's section in eight minutes. It took me 18 minutes. <laughs> but even 18 minutes, we could do that. Every single one of us could do that. Uh, maybe Dusty's on this end of the reading and I'm on the other end of the reading, and maybe you're somewhere in between or close to one or the other, but every single one of us could be reading the Word of God on a daily basis. And, and maybe you already have your reading program. If so, that's wonderful. But, but I would encourage you to consider getting in on this reading program that our church is doing. Did you know we've purchased 250 of these Bibles? And we're wanting to give them to you. If you will be involved in, in this reading program, if you will commit to reading God's Word on a daily basis, and together we read His Word through the course of 2017, I think it could be a really positive thing for you as an individual and for us together collectively as a church, that we would be growing together in the reading of God's Word. And since we are emphasizing spiritual growth this year and, and becoming a contagious follower of Christ, I would dare say that cannot happen unless you are in the Word of God. Now that's just one thing that, that we as, a, as followers of Christ need to be doing. But we will not grow in His likeness if we are trying to do it apart from God's Word. just can't happen be like you trying to survive physically on without eating a meal can't do that you have to 
You have to intake food so that you can grow and have energy and strength physically. And the same thing is true spiritually. If we want to grow in our likeness of Jesus, if we want to be a committed, hot Christian for Him, then we have to feed ourselves with the Word of God. Let me get back to our vision statement and begin to dissect it for you. It says again, empowering each other to relentlessly pursue the unchurched so that they become contagious followers of Jesus. Today, I want to focus on just those first three words of that vision statement, empowering each other. We are to be empowering each other to relentlessly pursue the unchurched. I want us to think about what does that phrase mean? To empower each other. What does that mean? I look the word empower up in the dictionary, and this is what it says. To give, a, to give power or authority to someone, to authorize, to enable, or permit. Basically, what we are saying is this. We are encouraging each other. We are sending each other out to pursue the unchurched. We are authorizing each other to go. We are saying this is everyone's responsibility to go. It is not just the preacher's job to go and pursue the unchurched. It's not just the job of the paid staff to go and bring in the lost. It is the job of every single one of us to relentlessly pursue the unchurched. In other words, it's your job. It's your job. And your job. And your job. And my job. To relentlessly pursue the unchurched. And I want you to know, it is my job to pursue the unchurched. Not because I am the preacher of this church. And and that's in my so-called job description. It's my job because I am a follower of Jesus. It's it's. Our job to pursue the unchurched because we are, un, we are followers of Jesus. And, and maybe I ought to use another word besides the word job. Because it's not just our job or our duty, but it is our privilege. Amen? It is our responsibility. It is our stewardship that he has given to us. He has made us stewards of of the gospel. And we are to be good stewards of the gospel. We are to go and we are to relentlessly pursue the unchurched. It's not my, just my drudgery obligation to go. No, it is my privilege because I am going with good news. I'm going with the most wonderful news of God giving His Son Jesus to this earth 
that he would live and he would show us how to live and that he would die for us, that he would shed his blood for us and that he would give us the opportunity to become children of his. That we could be set free from our sin. That we could be set free from the burden that goes with sin. That we could be set free from our bondage. It's good news. And it is our privilege to to take that good news to the lost and dying world. And if we could all buy into this vision statement, if we could all buy into the truth of what this is saying, how much better we could be. It would give to us so many more soldiers out there on the front lines of, of the battlefield. And we are in a battle. We're in a war with the forces of darkness. And we need so many people on the front lines. We need lots and lots and lots of followers of Jesus on the front lines who are fighting in this battle. And how much better we would be if we have those numbers out there on the front lines. You can imagine the lost cause it would be if we were in a war zone and there were only one out there on the on the front line of the battle against the enemy and, and he's the guy with the stripes on his sleeve i don't care how many stripes on his sleeve he might have or how good he might be if he's just one he's not going to be very effective he's going to lose the battle and the same would be true. We could, we could set it up like this with a football team, the Chiefs, this afternoon. If, if Alex Smith, if, if he takes on the Chargers, if he would try to take that team on by himself, I don't care how good a quarterback he is, if he's, if he's attempting to win on his own, he's not going to have any success at all. Can you imagine? No blockers. No running back or wide receivers to help him move the ball forward. I mean, that, that, we need a team effort to have success. Everybody on the team has got to be contributing and working towards the goal. And, and that, with that thought in mind, you apply that to the church. We need everybody on the team empowered. We need a combined effort. To go and relentlessly pursue the unchurched. We all need to understand the game plan. And the game plan is this. That every single one of us is to go and relentlessly pursue the unchurched. No one is to be sitting on the sidelines watching. No one is to to, uh, be a non-participant. Rather, all of us together are to be going and relentlessly pursuing the unchurched. Those are our marching orders for 2017. And you're going to hear us talk about that through the course of this year. These are our marching orders. And we want everybody to to get on board, to, to buy in. Again, not because this is something we've come up with, but because it is the truth of God. He's, this is his plan. These are his marching orders for us. And you know what? He promises to be with us. 
He promises to go before us, to go with us. And after we're gone, He's going to continue to be there working with the seeds that we have planted. The good news is not only are we empowering each other to go, but He is empowering us to go. And that's a big difference. I, I can say, Daniel, go, go in the name of Jesus. And, and I can say that to, to uh, Greg and, and Kim and, and Catherine and uh, each one of you. I could go. You, know, you are authorized. You are empowered to go. But when I say, Daniel, he's going to be with you. And he is commissioning you to go. That's, that's a world of difference there. It, these are his marching orders for us. He is the commanding officer. He is the Lord of the universe. He is the one who has set everything in motion. He is the one true God who is over all things. And he has appointed us as his witnesses. The question is, will we go? Will we do what he has commissioned us to do? Please understand, he has not sent us on a mission that we cannot succeed in. Let those words sink in. He has not sent us on a mission that we cannot succeed in. No, he has given to us everything we need to be successful on this mission. Beginning with the Holy Spirit. When I was in college, I remember the Holy Spirit being defined in this way. And I've mentioned this definition to you numerous times through the years. But this is something that just planted in my mind from years ago. And it, it's never left. The Holy Spirit is the extended earthly presence of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is the extended earthly presence of Jesus. Think about that. Jesus said to his disciples, I'm going away. And I am going to send to you another comforter. In other words, a helper who is just like me. And so the disciples were not going to lose anything by Jesus going away from them. In fact, it was going to be a win for them. It was going to be a gain for them because the Holy Spirit would not be limited by a human body. As long as Jesus was present in the body, he was limited by his body. He could not be in two places at one time. He could not be with Peter in Jerusalem and Paul in Rome at the same time. His physical body would not let him do that. And that's why it was best for him to leave and to send the Holy Spirit to us who would be just like him. And the Spirit, though, the difference would be omnipresent. The Spirit could be everywhere at the same time. The Spirit could be with Peter in Jerusalem while being with Paul in Rome at the same time. And the Spirit could help the work of Jesus go on in all of these places. He would empower them to do his work. 
And that's still true for us today. He can be with us where we are, each of us individually. And He can be with our brothers in India. He can be with our brethren in China. He can be with our brethren in Guatemala. And He can be with each of you wherever you are at as you are seeking to be His representative. And He can empower you. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead and all of those those miracles that He did, the power that He used to perform all of those miracles, that same power is in us through the Holy Spirit. What exactly does that mean? When you think about resurrection power in us today, what does that mean? It means that we do not need to succumb to fear. And isn't that one of the things that maybe keeps us from going relentlessly, pursuing the unchurched, that we're just, we, we, we're afraid. But when we realize that the Holy Spirit is in us and the resurrection power of Jesus, the same power that was used to raise Him up from the dead, that power is available for us today. We don't have to give in to fear. Or we, I think it could mean this. We don't have to give in to worrying about what other people might think about us or what they might say about us. That if we're speaking up for him, if we're his ambassador, if we're his representative, sometimes we kind of worry about what people, how they might respond to us, what they might say to us. But if we realize the Holy Spirit is in us and the resurrection power is in us, we don't have to give in to fear or worry about what other people might respond like. We have the resurrection power of Jesus in us to help us relentlessly pursue the unchurched so that they can become contagious followers of Jesus. Let me read to you Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. This is a verse that tells us that this resurrection power is in us. Now to him who is able. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. I I like the the note that I had in my study Bible uh, as I looked at this verse and just trying to figure out exactly what what is this verse saying. I looked down at those notes at the bottom of my Bible and it says of the phrase far more abundantly, this is what it says. A doubly compounded word meaning super, super abundantly. So it, it reads like, it could read like this. Now to him who is able to do super, super abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. Where is this super, super abundant power at? It's within us, Paul says. 
the power of God, which is so much more than what we can even begin to think or imagine, is at work within us. I looked at Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, and Paul says this, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection. I was looking at a website, seeing what it had to say about that particular verse, and it said, in order for us to know His power, we need to trade in our religion and get a relationship instead. What do you think about that? Yeah, that should be an amen from all of us. In order for us to know Him, do we want to know Him? Sure we do. In order for us to know Him and His resurrection power, we need to trade in our religion and get a relationship instead. And what exactly is is being said there? Well, we're trading in a religion that, that can be sometimes like this, just arm's length. Now I'm going to go to church. I'm going to try and do the right thing, but I can't really. I can't do the right thing, but I'm going to try and do the right thing. And we get burdened down with that. It's it's trying to keep a list of do's and don'ts and and just you know my 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 church going is is my my connection with God. When really our relationship needs to be intimate it needs to be daily it needs to be as we live life we know that he is with us and he's real and he's inside of us and when we get that relationship more intimate then we can know him and his resurrection power And then, you know what? Once we have that relationship where it really needs to be and we're growing in that, we're going to want to pursue the unchurched and help them become contagious followers of Jesus because it's going to be so good for us. But we, we don't want to hold it to ourselves. We want to share it. We want others to experience it. So let me ask you, do you know him? Are you intimately acquainted with him? If you are, then praise the Lord. And my challenge to you would be to keep growing, to keep going deeper with him and loving him more and letting him fill you to overflowing. If you're one who says, you know, I really don't know him. I had somebody text me this last week and they were saying, I really don't know him. I don't have a relationship with him. Well, if that's the case, no better time than the first day of the new year to get started in building that relationship with him, getting to know him and love him more. And we'd love to help you with that. You don't know how to get the first base there,
come forward at the invitation hymn, and we'll, we'll try and help you. We'll give you some guidance, and that's really what we're going to do over the, the year to come. We're going to give you guidance in how to build that relationship and become a contagious follower of Jesus. One more time as we look at this statement, empowering each other to relentlessly pursue the unchurched so that they become contagious followers of Jesus. I hope you'll grab a hold of that and what we are saying, understanding that all of us have responsibility to go. We're authorizing you to go. We are directing you to go, but more importantly, He is directing us to go. Let's pray together. Help us, Heavenly Father. be going for you. To know that all of us are to be involved in the going. And that we can go together. And that we can go in your name and in your power with your spirit inside of us. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. Lord, help us to open ourselves to the Spirit of God. In Jesus' name, amen.